Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Web Slingers Podcast. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things Spider-Man and the Marvel Universe. And uh, we got a lot of, we got, uh, you know, uh, we got one big major topic to talk about. And then I wanted to talk about something uh, a little bit interesting um, regarding Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, so, uh... I guess let me start off by talking about this uh, uh, this big piece of news. But first, actually, before I get into anything else, um, I hope you guys are having a good, uh, well, uh, when I put this up, it'll be Tuesday. So I hope you guys are having a good Tuesday. I hope you guys are having a, a good week so far. I know, I know I am. I'm having a really nice little week so far. So that's... That's good. Um, put up a brand new episode of the Zeke Setzo show this past uh, Sunday night. Uh, it was supposed to go up Saturday night at eight o'clock, but I got, but I had gotten distracted and I actually went to go see um, Joyride uh, for the third third time. I have now seen the film four times. I went to go see it again um, yesterday at around four o'clock, and it was, it was, that movie's so good. It's bombing really hard, but I, gosh, if you guys haven't watched Joyride, please go and see it. It's really, really great. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it's that's just such a good movie. But uh, yeah, this uh, this weekend, uh, uh, this week we got a uh, we got a, we got a bunch of cool things coming to Zeke said so. Um. This Thursday night, I'm going to have a uh, out-of-the-theater reaction for Oppenheimer. And I'm hoping by this weekend, I can get an out-of-the-theater reaction for uh, for Barbie. Because I do plan on seeing both this weekend. Um, Oppenheimer, I'm seeing Thursday night at 6. Uh, so, um, I, you'll definitely be seeing an out-of-the-theater reaction uh, from me. And, and Michael also. Michael will be joining me for that as well. Um... But yeah, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get into what we want to talk about today, and uh, we're gonna start with this uh, with this big new- with a news topic, and that is this: Miss um, Marvel will air on ABC in August. Uh, this comes to us from the direct, which writes the following: uh, Episodes one through three will air on Saturday, August fifth, and episodes 4 through 6 on Saturday, August 12th. Each night the series' three episode block will start at 8 p.m. running through 11 p.m. and that's both eastern time. So, uh so Pacific time it'll probably it'll be like uh 5 p.m. Pacific and then ending like 8 p.m. 8 p.m. uh uh Pacific. So, um, yeah, so Saturday, August 5th, you'll get episodes 1 through 3, um, between the hours of 8 p.m. and 11 p.m., and then Saturday, August 12th, you'll get episodes 4 through 6 from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., and that's all Eastern time, and again, Pacific time, that's, uh, 5 through 8 p.m. So. What do I think of this? Um, I, I think this is a smart move on Disney's part. Um, I think, look, Disney Plus, and I think Bob Meiger has admitted it recently, but Disney Plus has not been the true success that they were hoping it would be. Um, 
And I think that I think that has kind of caused a lot of their um, their financial troubles as a res- because they had you know Bob uh, Bob Chapek um, very stupidly thought that Disney Plus was the future and believed that no we're we're gonna this is what we're gonna do. You know, Disney Plus is our is our future, and we're just gonna we're we're just gonna do that. You know, like, and you know, he did this by putting movies like Mulan went straight to Disney Plus, Artemis Fowl went straight to Disney Plus, um, films like Cruella and uh, Black Widow went straight to Disney Plus, all that kind of stuff. But. Even with all those moves, Disney Plus still has not been the success that Bob Chapek and really all of the folks at Disney were kind of hoping it would be. Um, Because we've seen the ratings for a lot of their high-profile shows like Andor got low ratings, um, uh, Miss Marvel got low ratings, but yet again, Miss Marvel um, got low ratings because they very stupidly decided to have that show running at the same time as obi-wan um so i feel like that was a dumb move on their part um but the main reason why they're doing this at least the first thought that came to my head when i heard about this is because they need a promotional tool for the marvels they need something that will help promote the Marvels because the Marvels doesn't have that that promotional kind of um, that 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 bankable. I mean, yes, Captain Marvel made a billion dollars, but it's still like nobody really recognize is is recognizing this movie as a Captain Marvel sequel. You know, like like I I remember I went I went to go see a movie. Um, I can't remember what I, I, I think I might've been when I went to go see, um, uh, Mission Impossible and a trailer for the Marvels played in front of it. And the person sitting behind me had said, um, so, so what is, so what's that supposed to be? Is that, is, is, is that, a, is that another Avengers movie? What's it supposed to be? And the, the person sitting right next to that individual had to basically explain what it was oh you know it's a sequel to it's a sequel to captain marvel and it's like oh i don't think i ever saw that and then and then they started asking questions well who's who are the two girls who are the two other girls with with her you know like they recognized brie larson but they didn't recognize kamala khan or uh monica rambeau you know so i feel like by putting Miss Marvel on ABC and having this, you know, having this air on ABC, I think this is going to allow them to really uh, promote it, like really promote the Marvels on, um, uh, really promote the Marvels, and also by by the time August twelfth comes around. Um, that's when we're going to need to start really ramping up the marketing for the Marvels anyway. 
Um, hopefully by September, we'll probably get our next, our second trailer. Um, I would really hope that Marvel decides to release uh, an official trailer and a final trailer. Um, but that's going to be up to them. Uh, but I, but by by the time August twelfth comes around, Loki will be in the middle of it. Season, well, Secret Invasion will be over by then. Because we only have two more episodes of Secret Invasion. Then we have... Uh, uh, the, uh, I... I just had the name of it. Oh, yeah. Loki will be ramping up its marketing campaign because... Let's see. When does Loki drop? When does... Loki season two come out. Let's see. October sixth. Okay, so, so, um, so Loki will will premiere on October on October sixth. So you'll have so Secret Invasion will be over. The marketing for Loki season two will start right around there. And then you're going to have essentially um, new footage. Uh, you're going to, and then uh, pretty much during the middle of Loki season two, we're, that's probably when we're going to get our final trailer for, um, for the Marvels. Um, and then let me just see one, two. I I want to say the Marvels comes out November 10th. Let me see. Let me go and find that release date real quick. Yeah, so the Marvels is November 10th. So that means... Let's see. October 6th. One, two, three... Four, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, so the finale of Loki will premiere the same week that the Marvels comes out. Okay, so they got themselves a nice little lineup there. But but like I said, having Miss Marvel premiere on ABC is also is also going to help audiences who don't know who Kamala Khan is really introduce us to that character and get them up to speed. Now, this kind of this is kind of the thing that I've kind of been um a little bit it's a little bit unfortunate that um we waited this long to premiere Kamala Khan in a movie that we didn't at least get her in another uh in another movie or TV show in between Miss Marvel and her appearance in the Marvels. Um, like maybe she w she could have appeared in a She-Hulk or maybe she could have made a cameo in like a, in an Ant-Man movie or whatever, you know, like, like something, something, you know, premiere her, have her appear somewhere else. That way audiences can get to know who this character is. Because unfortunately, I feel like Marvel has relied too much on interconnecting the TV shows to the point where, 
you know, I because I remember I went to go see Doctor Strange, uh, and I had brought someone with me who had never seen WandaVision, and they were very confused by like, okay, why? But why is she a bad guy? Why is Wanda doing this? Why? Why? I thought she was an Avenger, you know, and. Unfortunately, I feel like because Marvel has really connected the TV shows, I feel like the same thing is going to happen with uh, the Marvels, that people are going to go see the Marvels and they're going to see Kamala Khan there and they're going to be like, oh, who's this girl? Well, like, where was she, where, like, what's her abilities, you know? So I'm really hoping Marvel can kind of fix that as they go, but that might also be because Marvel has just never has never done TV show like like at least the MCU has never done TV shows the the MCU I mean yeah we had shows that were quote unquote somewhat connected like you had Agents of Shield and uh the Netflix shows but but those were never officially MCU canon like never officially you know Whereas the Disney Plus shows have definitely officially been uh, canon uh, with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So, um, Alright, guys. So, you know, here's, here's, the, here's the interesting thing, okay? Um, when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, when Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 came out, I never did a quote. Unquote, I I never did a spoilers review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, I wanted to, um, but I just I never got around to it. Um. So I thought, well, why not just do a quote unquote spoilers review, but really just kind of break the movie down, kind of talk about the movie and and really get into this underlining point on why this is my favorite movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I wanted to get into that today. So let's not waste any time and let's get into it. Let's talk about why I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the best movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Alright guys, so we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, I got the movie playing uh, in the background as I uh, talk about the movie. Um, so, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 came out at a very interesting time. Because, although I loved the first two movies and I loved 
the Guardians' roles in other MCU films that they've appeared in, like Infinity War, Endgame. And I liked their small role in Thor Love and Thunder. However, the MCU at this point in time had kind of been hit and miss. You know? Um, Shang-Chi was great. Spider-Man No Way Home, great. Um, Eternals, I thought, was great. I liked... I liked... Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Thor Love and Thunder was disappointing. I love I liked I liked I loved Black Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Then we got Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which was like my least which is right now my least favorite movie in the MCU. Like hands down that movie is I think the worst that the MCU has ever really offered. Um it's really the first MCU movie that I've walked out of saying that it is like I I I'll I'll say this straight up. I don't care who ag- agrees or not. I think it's Batman and level uh, Batman and Robin level bad. So, um, but Guardians of the Galaxy. So Guardians of the Galaxy three comes out, and I went to go see it at a at an early advanced screening. And from the moment it starts, you you get this moment with Baby Rocket, and then it transitions into seeing Rocket, and he's listening to to music uh, on Peter Quill's Zune. I knew that okay, we're in for a great MCU movie. This is not going to be a Thor: Love and Thunder. This isn't going to be a Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. This isn't going to be an Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. This is going to be a like a Shang Chi or a Spider Man No Way Home or a uh, you know. And for me, I personally think this is the best movie since Avengers Endgame. Like, I think it's that great. Um, I think James Gunn really knocked it out of the park with this one. Um, I love what they do with the characters. Um, I love the, uh, I love, I love the tone of it. I think the tone is just so unique and it's, it's much more darker than the first two films. Cause you know, I mean, just comparing this opening scene right here, like I'm, I'm want, I'm looking at it right now, just comparing this opening scene with the opening scene of the first two films, you see that opening scene and it's just like, Oh, this is a completely different movie than the first two, you know, guardians of the galaxy opens up with, Obviously, the death of the the opening scene is Peter, seeing Peter Quill's mom die, but but then it it shifts tonally to him dancing to "Come and Get Your Love." Then the second film, you get Baby Groot dancing to, um, you know, Mister Blue Sky, and in this film, this movie kind of hits you right in the face with, we're telling a much more darker story here, and we're opening it up with Radiohead's "Creep." You know, I'm a creep, and I'm a weirdo. Um, such a great song. I love that song. It's uh, one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack, actually, because I have the Guardian soundtrack, um, and uh, that's become one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack. Um, 
And I love the I love I just I love how and I love where we find the characters that, you know. I love I love seeing Peter Quill being this bummed out, just depressed guy that we see in the beginning of this film, you know. And seeing that he hasn't gotten over Gam- the the loss of Gamora. That that has been the thing that affected him the most. You know, we saw what his mom's death did to him. We saw what um, Yondu's death did to him. But then Gamora died and that really tore him apart, you know. And now, obviously Gamora's not dead, but, you know, the, Gamora doesn't rem- doesn't remember, you know. Doesn't remember having a, a, a relationship with this Peter because it's a different Gamora from a different time period. Um and I think that's great. I think it's a great way to kind of bring us into it. And I think this movie really does fit within what the MC was trying to do with Phase 4. And that is really tell a story about grief and loss. And and, and I think the MCU, I think this movie in particular fits within that tone. Um, and I like the interactions between all the Guardians in this film. Like... Particularly, I love what I love how great Nebula fits within that team. You know, um, for a character that started out so evil, I love that. You know, Nebula has kind of become because Peter Quill is you know depressed that she's kind of become almost. And James Gunn talks about this in the uh, director's commentary. I got to listen to the director's commentary that. James Gunn kind of uh, James Gunn talks about how Nebula kind of becomes like the de facto leader of the Guardians, you know. Um, by the way, I love seeing Cosmo. This little bit between Cosmo and Kraglin is great. Just the the whole bad dog thing really made me laugh the first time I saw. It. In fact, I'm going to turn up the volume here real quick so we can hear this some of this dialogue here. I love that. I, I love that kind of thing. And I also, one of the things I also love is I love how well this movie kind of ties in with um, with uh, the holiday special. Um, I mean, it's not like they, they outright talk about, you know, kidnapping Kevin Bacon and all that. But, you know, the, the idea of Mantis and Quill being brother and sister, they've carried that over from the holiday special. That was a, uh, something we learned um also we got to see a little bit about what nebula's relationship is with rocket in the holiday special also um to the point where that relationship is a very important thing as we see later on in the film um now i've heard a lot of people complain about adam warlock and i'm not gonna lie when I first saw the movie, and if you guys saw my, uh, heard my non-spoilers review, you guys can go and check check that out. You, you guys know that I thought I was disappointed with what they did with Adam Warlock, 
And to a degree, I still am a little disappointed of what they did with Adam Warlock. However, for me, the more I watch this movie, the more he has grown on me as a character. I just think he is so funny. Um, in fact, just in this opening fight alone that the Guardians have with Adam Warlock, it's just so great because, you know, he has, um, I mean, at one point he calls Rocket a squirrel. Um, um, and then when Nebula stabs him later on, he's like, that hurts. Um, there's one moment, though, during the fight that I, that, really like makes me go ah when i every time i see it um i'm gonna skip forward a little bit so i can get to that moment oh here it is um actually that's that's really funny when when craglin tries to use the arrow and it hits adam and he's like who threw this thing at me and then all of a sudden he's just baby (laughs) i love that um but this right here like wa- watch what watch just like this this oh it just breaks mantis's arm right there just ah every time i see that it, it hurts every time i watch it uh and i like i mean don't and and i'll be honest as somebody who has missed seeing drax have a one-on-one fight with someone man does it feel nice to see drax get into a one-on-one fight with uh with adam warlock like I love this fight, um, and and one thing that I've one thing that I've that I learned, you know, James Gunn does this uh, does uh, the commentary for this the director's commentary for the film, um, and he mentions that when when Quill is trying to help save Rocket in the beginning of the film, um, uh, James Gunn mentions that Peter Quill is still drunk in this moment, which is why he's dropping things and he's not doing everything the correct way you know and i didn't even recognize that detail and then i started watching the movie and i watched the movie again without the commentary and started noticing the things that peter does in this fight with adam warlock and started realizing oh you know what i am starting to notice that little detail it's just those little details just make this make this just make the viewing experience that much better um but one of, but one of the things i love most about this movie is i love that this is a movie about rocket and but this is really the guardians are not on a mission you know they they are not there to s- stop the high evolutionary from destroying the universe you know at the end of the day their mission at first is to just save their friend and i love that I, I, I love the fact that this movie really isn't about them saving the galaxy. This is them saving their friend. And then, ultimately, you know, they go to save... When they go to save Drax, Nebula, and... Um, uh, Drax, Nebula, and... Uh, 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 and Mantis, they end up uh, saving the, the children later on in the, in the film. Um... But I love that. I love all the, and and oh my goodness, this little scene with Baby Rocket here, and the introduction to his friends Lila, Teefs, and Floor. 
just I gotta I gotta put the volume up on this scene because it, it it break it does break my heart every time I look at it. I just. I gotta say, Floor, Floor, Floor is the one that I think looks the cutest out of out of the three of them. I think, you know, Floor looks the cutest. But maybe that's just because I really like I, I like I like I like rabbits. They're really they're 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 cute little creatures. But but despite Floor like having the most mechanical body parts, still looks still looks cute. Um. But I, what I love most about this whole thing is that I love, I just love how earlier on in Rocket's life, and in, in, in Rocket's life as a baby, he's being tortured and all this stuff and, you know, and is scared. Like, when he first sees Lila, Teeps, and Floor, he's scared. And when Lila does this thing where he kind of, wipes blood off of her off of her forehead it just felt it's it's like man that is so so like heartbreaking you know so but um but yeah i love that moment and i and look i think the cgi is incredible in this in this film um, whereas, you know, one of my biggest issues with Ant-Man and the Wasp was that the CGI felt really just not good at all. And I was like, there were times where you were watching it and you couldn't just n tell that everything you were looking at was a CG shot, you know? Um, but one of the things I love about this is I love the fact that the CGI in this film doesn't look so CGI-ish. You know, it actually looks legit and, and, and real. And it, you know, even in the holiday special, like, like even, even the holiday special had better visual effects than <laughs> quantum mania did. Like, seriously, like it just, I, I, I just find that really sad. Um, let's see, uh, where, where do I want to go next? Do I want to keep, uh. Let's let's go ahead and skip a little bit. And let's let's talk about the high evolutionary, um, because we do get introduced to the high evolutionary, uh, played by Chuck Woody Iwuji, who played Mern on Peacemaker, um, and I gotta say, he's by far one of the best villains in the MCU. This dude, I think, is just so. I mean, it's not just the fact that he tortures animals that makes him such an evil bastard. But it's also just the fact that he drives himself so mad that because he believes in this philosophy that he's that he's perfecting everything, that he's perfecting the universe and 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 it gets to and that philosophy 
brings him so far to the point where he starts driving himself crazy that a raccoon was able to outsmart him. I love that. I think that is so... That gives brings a whole other kind of like um, dimension to the character. You know, he's not just a mustache twirling villain. It bring they they get this they give us this whole new dimension to a to a character who honestly could have been the next big bad of the MCU if they really wanted to. I mean, I've I've made the argument that I think the uh, the big bad of the MCU should have been the scrolls. I think this saga should have been uh, about the secret invasion, but but I do love what they did with High Evolutionary in this um, in this, and I I would not mind if we do see eventually at some point that have the High Evolutionary become that next big MCU baddie because. James Gunn confirmed it, and there is a deleted scene right on the... I, I have it on digital. There is a deleted scene where the High Evolutionary does survive at the end, so... Um, so may, maybe we will see the High Evolutionary again. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let me go and... S- oh, I love... There's one interaction here that always makes me laugh. Um... It's this interaction between Mantis and uh, Peter. I just love I just love that whole they die when they're 50 what's even the point of being bored like I just think that's so like Mantis doesn't think there's a point of living if you're if you die at 50 years old (laughs) um Uh, but you know it's just it's just a really funny scene. Um, by the way, they brought back the Zarg nuts joke. I, I, I don't know why, but like in Infinity War when Drax was eating the Zarg nuts, it was funny. Then in the holiday special, they brought the Zarg nuts back when he was like, you know, we could have given him Zarg nuts for we could have given him Zarg nuts as a Christmas present, except you ate them all. Um. And now seeing him eat the Zargnuts again in the in that scene was really really hilarious. Um, by the way, Tara Strong makes a cameo in this. Uh, Miss Minutes from the Loki series. There's actually a couple of voice actors who make their little cameos. Um, Linda Cardellini uh, voices uh, Lila, um, but you also have um, Judy Greer voices. Um, uh, War Pig uh, later on in the in the film, uh, which is really really great. Uh, I'm so I'm gonna go ahead and skip a little bit and talk about this whole scene with uh, Quill, Gamora, and Nebula with uh, Uda. Um, 
because this is one of my favorite segments of the film. Um, and it starts with, uh, with Peter Quill. Ula. Ula? I think. Um, I, I love, I love the first thing he does. My name is Patrick Swayze. I just, I love, I love, I love, he's, he's like, she, she was totally into me. I kind of thought you were a douchebag. And by the way, that's, that's, um, uh, James Gunn kind of confirmed, um, that is, um, Danielle, uh, I can never pronounce, pronounce her last name, but she was in, uh, the Suicide Squad. She played Ratcatcher 2, and she was just also in Fast X, and I, I'll be honest, I thought she was the best part of Fast X. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I love this whole... Everything on the Orgoscope is is really, really great. Uh, from when they first get on, you see Nathan Fillion and, um, and Jennifer Holland. And you also see, um, uh, obviously, this whole section right here is really great. Um, we saw this moment in the trailers. Just... <laughs> It sounds more like her. I just never noticed how black your eyes were. He picked a preset. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he picked a preset. Um, so great, so great. Um, and then everything else, like the escape. Um, when Gamora looks at the guy that with the carrot head, and he's, she's like, "Let's kill that one that looks like a cabbage," just to show we mean business. <laughs> so great. Um. And, uh, yeah, it's, and I will say this, all the flat, and uh, you know what, actually, now is a good time for me to actually talk about the soundtrack, because we're getting to one of my favorite parts of the movie, which is right about here. It's right here. Um. This, this whole... This part of the movie where you get the song, the song "Reasons" by Wind Earth, uh, Earth, Wind and Fire. Um. <laughs> the reasons that we fear, I fear the so. Anyway, um, I, I, <laughs> um, but no, I think the soundtrack for this one is for me um <laughs> yeah that looked cool 
Um, but no, I think the uh, the soundtrack for this one is for me the best of the three. Um, I love the first film soundtrack with you know "Come and Get Your Love," "Hooked on a Feeling," all that all that great stuff. The second film has a lot of great songs, um, Lakeshore Drive, uh, Brandy, uh, you know, uh, I'm to, um, come, a, uh, come a little bit closer. All, all, all those songs are great. But this song, man, but this soundtrack, man, every single song just hits. And it's got the most songs, too. Um, just, I mean, bring up the soundtrack list. Here, uh, uh, trying to bring up the soundtrack, uh, the soundtrack list here. Um, you know, you got 17 songs, um, Creep, Crazy on You, Since You've Been Gone, which is probably one of my, is Probably my second favorite song on the soundtrack. Uh, In the meantime, reasons. Do you realize we care a lot? Um, you got this one here that's used during the uh, when they're on the uh, human the the, uh, the the animal people's the Counter Earth. There's this one song that plays when when they're on Counter Earth, um, and then there's I'm always chasing rainbows, San Francisco. Poor girl, this is the day. No sleep till Brooklyn. Um, uh, Dog days are over, which is my favorite song on the soundtrack. Badlands, I will dare. Come and get your love. Uh, Come and get your love actually comes back. Um, but I will say this. Um, no sleep till Brooklyn is actually one that. W- I don't know if you guys if you guys go back and listen to my non-spoilers review, I talked about how there was a song that was used in the movie that was also in a, a another movie that came out earlier in the, or before this one, and that song was "No Sleep Till Brooklyn." It, it was in um, it was in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And I will say this, when, when that song appeared in the Mario Brothers movie, I didn't feel I didn't really like the use of it in there. And I was kinda and I was kinda disappointed when Illumination decided to use it. Um But I thought with in the way they used that song when they got the hallway fight, which I guess we'll go ahead and see that see a little bit of that fight. Um when you get to the hallway fight, man, and you see and you can just hear the song, yeah. And and also, I love the cinematography in this fight too. Just you know, because this is a uh, this is a sh- complicated thing to put together, and obviously, it's not all one continuous shot. It, of course, has a lot of CGI elements that need to get kind of get cut together, um, but. Man, I just, I, 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 I just imagine, like, I just dread the day they had to set all these, all these shots up. Because it already takes a lot of work. It already takes a lot of work to set up your shots and all that stuff. When it comes to just making a movie in general, 
you know, you take a lot of time to set up your shots because, you know, in a on a normal film set, you got to get your, your shots done in a day. Um, but with this, man, I it's just, it's, it's so interesting how, like, I, I would love to just sit down and really talk. I, I, if, if I ever had the opportunity to talk to James Gunn, I would actually talk to him just about how they were able to, to actually craft and really just plan out this one part of the movie because this is a shot, this is just a part of the movie that I feel like would take so much planning uh, ahead of time. It's just, it's insane to me. Um, going back just a little bit here, um, I want to go back to what I think is the saddest part of the movie, and that is uh, the moment in which you find out what Rocket's true origin really is. And when I saw this scene for the first time, I was a mess. I was crying so much. Um, and I I was like, I, I wanted to step out of the theater just so I can go, you know, pull myself together but i didn't want to miss anything so i just stayed there and kind of like pulled myself together while watching the movie um but yeah you just uh, this scene is so hard to watch just lila's the first one to go it's just And this scream that Rocket does is just so... Oh my goodness. This this scream that, uh, that Rocket does... And that line always breaks my heart. Oh my gosh. That line always breaks my heart is Rocket Teeth's floor go now. Rocket Teeth's floor go now. He's just so distracted by sadness that he doesn't realize that he can still get the three of them out of there. But then he does this. Which, I will say this. During this moment, I was kind of cheering Rocket on. I was like, come on, Rocket, yeah. Get him. And this is heartbreaking. Oh my gosh. That's so sad. And the music by uh, John Murphy is just so great. Um, John Murphy was working with James Gunn while on Suicide Squad and on um, Peacemaker. And I think if you're not going to bring back Tyler Bates, I think John Murphy is the perfect replacement. Because John Murphy, the music choices in this, just the, the score is just so, so great. Um 
And um, yeah, this whole, I just this this whole moment. I mean, Rocket's backstory is just really, really sad altogether. Um, but particularly this part of his backstory is really, really sad. That's such a sad moment. Such a sad moment in the movie. Um, but not as sad as this moment right here. Um, one of... Actually, no. I will say this. This is my favorite scene in the entire movie is this right here. Um, Rocket basically goes into this afterlife. Um... Which friend. Okay, okay. Okay, here we go. This isn't right. No no no, it's good. It's gonna work. It's working. It needs to be faster. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. God, this this I mean I'm I'm breaking I'm in the tears just freaking watching it again. My gosh. Yeah. And then Peter Quill's reaction here is so <sighs> I just stupid experiments to be thrown away. There are the hands that made us, and then there are the hands that died today. Just so great. So so great. Yeah, but this whole this whole moment is really great. Um And that right there is James Gunn basically talking to the audience, basically saying yeah, no, this is, you know, Rocket's been the main character of this franchise, of this trilogy the entire time.
And the little group hug that the that Quill, Rocket, and Groot have is, is so great. By the way, I haven't really talked about Groot at all in this in this, in this kind of review here. Uh, I kind of I like I like the I like the way Groot is in this. I like his more big, big beefy kind of look. Um, and James Gunn talks about how uh, this version of Groot is very different from the Groot we met in the first movie. That um, that this Groot has a different personality. Um, and I I think I think that's a nice little idea. You know. Play with the kids. Um. Anyway, I don't need to keep playing all that. Um. But yeah, no. I. Uh, I, I and I like that whole moment with the kid. And I and I like the the idea that Drax's whole arc is that he um was never meant. The this idea that he was never meant to be a destroyer. This idea that he was meant to be a father. Um, it's a nice little arc for him to have, and um, it actually kind of makes sense for why we don't really see him be that destroyer. You know, um, we certainly see that he knows how to fight, um, but he's not—he's not a fighter. He's not a destroyer. He's—he's he's a. Um, He's he's meant to be a dad, and that's a great little arc for him. Um, you know, in the third act here, the third act, you know, third act fight is is very much a very you know, if you want to call it a typical Marvel third act where you got a lot of CGI things flying around and all that stuff. But again, there's so much so much happening in the third act emotionally. You know, it's not just. Like, like example, I, I know I keep bringing up Ant-Man and the Wasp, but Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think, is bad because the third act is just a bunch of CGI being thrown in your face. There's so much going on here emotionally, and there's some great humor in this moment. Like, I love this moment between Gamora and Adam Warlock. This... <laughs> uh, I just... I love that. <laughs> I love one more step and this weird thing gets it. Don't be rash. Uh, I love that. I love that whole stuff. That's so funny. That makes me laugh every time. Every time I see the movie, and the, he responds with, "Don't be rash." Like, I just think it's so funny. Um. Uh, but anyway, yeah. No, the, There's there's just so much going on emotionally in this third act. And it's not just a bunch of CGI being thrown in your face for no reason. It's a lot of it is has a purpose, you know. Um and then even like and I like that Rocket has a really big moment in this third act where he goes to save the baby raccoons and he basically finds out where he's from in this moment. He finds out exactly what he is. And I like during the whole... You know, they established earlier on in the trilogy that, you know, Rocket did not like being called 
a raccoon and you know in fact a lot of creature a lot of people in the MCU didn't really know what he was at first they you know Thor called him a rabbit um uh Nebula at one point called him a fox um I think I think Sylvester Stallone's character at one point calls him a hedgehog um but uh but I like that rocket that even rocket didn't even know what creature he was until this moment right here that it wasn't until he looked at the the little cage and realized yeah no I'm that's what I am I'm a raccoon you know and I like how he was planning on taking all these raccoons with him and you know and and seeing all these raccoons you know it I love how he goes the and James Gunn talks about this in the in the commentary so I'm not really saying anything new here but it's like James Gunn talks about how Rocket's arc is basically he grows an appreciation for other life forms in this moment you know and I think that's such a perfect arc to put him in um And this this just goes to show how great of a villain the high evolutionary really is. It's just this whole nothing more stop on my bow freakish little monster. How dare you think you are more? And this is great. The name's Rocket. Rocket Raccoon. God, that's so great. And I like how the Guardians basically get one shot to all kind of team up against him. Um, and I and I gotta say, I was not, I wasn't expecting this because I knew Rocket had kind of messed up his face, but I didn't know how bad it was that he had to create a fake mask just to... <laughs> like, seriously, like this whole... I just... I'm like, ugh, what is... And then this... <laughs> My goodness. The prosthetics on that, it just looks so great. You just hated things the way they are. Kill him. I just I love that so much. And I love that Rocket doesn't decide to kill him. Why? Because I'm the freaking guardian of the galaxy. We have to get out of here now. We have to save them. We've got all the kids on board. No. You know, and I and I like you know, it's funny, when I first saw this movie I was like Oh yeah, no. High Evolutionary just got left on the ship. He he died. And then all of a sudden, I keep hearing like James Gunn talk about, oh no, uh, High Evolutionary lives. He he survives, survives, he survives. And then all of a sudden, I when I got the movie on digital, I started really pausing it and really paying attention. And you can see Drax carrying him out there. You know, you can see, you you can clearly see Drax in the background carrying the High Evolutionary. And then of course. There's a deleted scene that basically reveals that the High Evolutionary is uh, is still alive. 
which I hope I do hope we see him again in um in a future MCU movie cuz I would really hate if they wasted um I would really hate if um he's another MCU character that just becomes wasted filler um because one of the things I've hated that the MCU is the MCU has introduced all these characters who have the potential to be really big threats like the Grandmaster and the Collector, um, all these characters that have the potential to be really big threats, um, and they basically just become useless filler. You know, they don't really serve any purpose beyond just exposition or just being the butt end of a joke, you know? Um... And I hope the High Evolutionary doesn't become that. I hope the High Evolutionary does come back and becomes a, a real, legitimate threat. Um, because he's such a great character. And I think... I Like I said, I think he's the best villain. I think he's one of the best villains in the MCU. Um, I always struggle between him and Wen Wu. I always struggle. It's, it's between him and Wen Wu for me. Um... Because when because I love Wen Wu, in um, in Shang Chi, I think he was great. But uh, but man, High Evolutionary comes really close to being a better villain. So, but yeah, no, I I really love this whole I lo uh, and of course I gotta go to uh, another one of my favorite scenes in the movie is Rocket gets to keep Quill Zune. And he listen and he plays a little song uh, on the speakers, and the whole city of nowhere basically uh, dances to the dog days are over. And when I saw this ending, I again just started crying because I thought it was such a great way to end the trilogy to kind of bookend the trilogy you know like we start off we start the trilogy with peter quill dancing to the to the music and then we end it with rocket and um with rocket and groot dancing to the dog days are over Um, yeah, this is such a great song. It's, again, perfect for the ending of the series. And and I like how all the Guardians kind of go off on their own. You know, Gamora goes back to the Ravagers. Mantis is going to go on her own to go, you know, find herself, I guess. Um, um, you know, Drax and Nebula are going to stay at the city and kind of help help the children. Um, uh, Quill is, goes back to Earth and Rocket and Groot are basically going to lead a new team of Guardians. Um, but speaking of Quill going back to Earth, I love this little moment here where 
this this moment with him and his grandpa is so again it just brought me to tears when I was watching it for the first time I just remember crying because I was like oh my gosh this is so sad And for a guy who says he doesn't like dancing, Drax finally dances in the trilogy. <laughs> I love that. And I love, and, and like I said, and I remember saying this when I first saw the movie, I like how James Gunn ended this trilogy, ended this story, and didn't feel the need to kill everybody. Like, yeah, he could have killed Rocket for, like, permanently killed Rocket. But would that have been a perfect ending to his arc? No. No, it wouldn't. You know? Same with, um, you know, any of the Guardians. I mean, I don't think killing any of these Guardians would have been a perfect ending to their arc i think james gunn really figured that sometimes you don't need to kill these characters in order to end their story you know they their stories can end just with them going their separate ways you know and i like that i i really i really really do um and I like this whole thing they did with the with having the pictures um, from all the moments of the of the movies. Um, and I guess I'll talk about the post credit scene. So we get the first one here, which I love. And I think this is the first time in the MCU. Since um, since Shang Chi, that I've loved both post credit scenes. And I think. I think this first one actually I think is going to play is going to play a big significant even though I don't think James Gunn intended it to play play a big significant part um I I do think they're going to end up using this team for future movies in the MCU. I would love to see it. I would love to see a movie with this team of guardians. Like, that's a formidable team. Like, seriously, like, let's see who you got here. Hold on. We'll, we'll wait till it goes to the wide shot for me to pause it. Word. Yeah. Okay, so you got Rocket, who's, you know, smart and intelligent and can build just about anything. Groot, you got Alpha Groot in the back just looking like a freaking jacked up ant from Lord of the Rings. Um, 
uh, Craglin's finally mastered the arrow. Adam Warlock's a beast. You got uh, Cosmo the space dog with his with her with her telepathic abilities. Um, and then I can never remember what this character's name is, but um, James Gunn mentions her name mentions the character's name in in the commentary. I just can't remember what he what he said the character's name was, but. But yeah, uh, man, I love, 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 love that. Like I would, like I said, I want to see a new Guardians movie with this team of, with this team. Um, I just think that would be cool. Um, and then we'll skip it to the uh, last one here. And I like this image. I. Closing out the credits with that image is so, so perfect. Um, and this one, I'll, I'll be honest, this one, I, I heard a lot of people complaining about this one. And I remember when I took my family to see this, I remember hearing, um, I think it was my, I think it was my brother or maybe it might have been my, one of my parents, or I think it might have been my dad actually, who who was like, we 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 wait, we sat through the credits just for that. Like I, just, <laughs> I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. Like, <laughs> well, first of all, this time the legendary Star Lord will return. I do think we are going to see Star Lord return, um, but you know that I mean we'll see what happens there. But I like what I love most about this post credit scene is that it keeps going. Like. <laughs> You can still hear Peter Quill eating his cereal until this distributed by Walt Disney Studios motion pictures goes away. Um, so I I like that. I I think it's great, man. I I love that post credit scene. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's the movie, guys. Um, yeah. Overall, look. Um. I think going through and kind of breaking the movie down really helps me kind of just really understand why I think Guardians of the Galaxy is my Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is my favorite movie not just in the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy but my favorite movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe period. This is a movie that has so much emotion, so much in it that I kind of expect from the MCU, you know? Um, I just... And maybe a part of it has to do with the fact that I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp and um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and I was just so let down by that movie and I really just did not like that movie and for me that represents everything wrong with Marvel whereas Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 reminds me of what's right with Marvel you know um and I'm glad that James Gunn is gonna be running DC because that means we're gonna get more superhero movies like this that means the comic book movie genre is going to feel more like this. It's not going we're not going to get a bunch of generic superhero movies anymore. You know, you know, well, at least hopefully we don't. You know, I mean, for all we know, maybe for all for all I know, I mean, I I have my hopes for 
I mean, I doubt that Superman Legacy would be a bad movie, but for all I know, maybe I'll watch Superman Legacy and I'll think it's a steaming pile of crap. I mean, I don't know. But I I definitely have more faith in it after seeing this and after seeing what James Gunn has done with movies like Guardians of the Galaxy and The Suicide Squad and real and you know like that gives me more hope than um uh than I ever than I ever had for a DC project. Um But yeah, no, I love this movie and I'll tell you another reason why I think this movie is kind of special to me. Um, I I had a friend um, who his 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 real his real name was Michael, but it, but we we called it I uh, me and a couple of our friends uh, called him Mikey. Um, and no, it's not Michael, my co-host on the. Uh, Web Swingers podcast. This is a different. This is a different Mike uh, Michael, um, who we're gonna ref- we're just gonna call Mikey for the rest of the story. Cause that's all. Cause that's what I call him anyway. You know. Um. Mikey and I met in my in our freshman year, and this was right around the same time that Guardians of the Galaxy, the first film, had come out, and. I remember the one of the first conversations me and him had before we became like best friends was like he thought Guardians of the Galaxy the first film was the best movie Marvel ever did and he thought it was his favorite superhero movie of all time. And I remember th- hearing that going, "Wow, really? You, you it's better than Dark Knight for you?" And I go, "Cuz at the time the Dark Knight was my favorite superhero movie of all time." And he was like, yeah, no, I think it's better than Dark Knight. I think it's, you know, yeah. And so he, you know, he loved it. And so we kind of bonded over our love for Guardians of the Galaxy. And then when they announced that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was officially coming out, he got all sorts of excited. And I remember when he saw that, he loved it even more than the first and thought it was even more emotional than the first one. And I was like, wow, really? And... Yeah, I keep my and and so Guardians of the Galaxy was his favorite um, Marvel movie franchise, you know, and really two of his favorite superhero movies of all time were Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And then, um, <laughs> and then he had just kept waiting and waiting for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I'm gonna try not cry as I talk about this. Um, 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 and I remember one of the last conversations I had with him was uh, when we were talking about how they're gonna do a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney Plus. And he was so excited about that. He was like, man, this is going to be great. And he said, and I told him, I said, uh, yeah, and it's going to come out literally the holiday prior to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which comes out in, uh, in, um, in May of, of that year, of, of that next summer. 
And he was so excited. And I remember he was so pumped. And he was like, dude, I can't wait for Guardians 3. And he had told me, he said, you and I, we're going to go to the very first screening, the very first showing of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You know? And I said, I'm down for that. You know? Unfortunately, my friend Mikey had passed away um, shortly after that conversation. Um, um, He had passed away shortly after that conversation. And um, when I saw this movie for the first time, the first thing I said coming out of it, you know, I was I was watching the movie with uh, with my friend with with my friend Monique, and I turned to her and I looked at her and I said, "I'm just I'm in shock." And she goes, "You liked it that much?" And I go, "Yeah, but I'm just in more shock that that Mikey wasn't here." And she didn't know Mikey. She didn't know. She she doesn't know who Mike. She was, she never got a chance to meet Mikey because I had met her after Mikey had passed away. Um, I just said I remember saying that I it's just a shame that he isn't around to see this because I had said he would have loved this movie. He would have loved it. You know. Um, so that's honestly why I love it you know maybe that's oversharing I know it's just a Marvel movie but you know and I'm not and I'm not sharing that so you're like oh you know uh, I, I I share that story because You know, a Marvel movie is almost like any other movie out there. You know, every Marvel movie, every Marvel Studios movie, every MCU movie is someone's favorite. I'm sure there's someone out there who thinks Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is their favorite MCU movie. You know, I mean, I know I'm the one that, you know, shit talks Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But, um, but every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie is someone's favorite. And, you know, um, just, um, you just, you just can't ever forget about that. You just can't forget about that when you're. Watching these movies, you know, you just gotta keep in mind that, you know, you may not like it, but there's somebody out there that does, you know, and I always try to keep that in mind every time I talk about how disappointed I am in the MCU and how much I hated Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania and all this stuff. I always try to just think about how someone liked it, 
and that's all that matters, you know, and, you know, and if you liked it, then that's great, I'm not here to judge you at all, you know, um, I'll make my argument for why I don't like it, <laughs> but I will not sit here and tell you that you're an idiot for for liking Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania because it's all it's all based on opinion. And for me, um, the reason why I love the reason why I love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is that. It is a movie that really does remind me of the friendship I had with Mikey, and it reminded me, and it just, I will always, I mean, just besides the fact that it's just a great movie, I'm glad that it's a great movie because now I can have this as a memory forever, you know? Um... I know at some point I'm going to get the poster for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, I bought the soundtrack and I and it came with the two little little mini posters for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you guys will probably see them once I start doing more YouTube videos in front of my new back, backdrop. But um, but yeah, I'm... Uh, that's... Uh, that will do it, guys, for my, uh, for my thoughts. Um, look... And I'm and I'm I'm I'll be honest. I'm glad I got to do this because this felt good, you know. Because I, like I said, I didn't get to do a spoilers review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume, uh, uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I didn't I didn't get to do one because I just I, I just got so busy. Like, I ended up getting so busy at the time, and I was like, well, and I and I just kept saying like. When am I ever gonna get? When am I ever gonna do this? Like, I never like, and I I couldn't get it done uh, in time, and I just didn't, I just didn't end up doing it, you know, I even thought about making my Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse review a spoilers review for both Guardians Volume 3 and, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, but then I was just like, but after I saw Across the Spider-Verse, I was just like, nah, I, I need, I need to dedicate an entire episode to Across the Spider-Verse, but I'm glad I got to do this because this kind of serves as my spoilers review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And uh, you guys got to hear a little bit more about my in-depth thoughts on the film. Um, and guys, Guardians of the Galaxy is now officially available on digital. So go, if you want, go and purchase the movie. Or um, if you don't want to actually spend money to buy the movie, then... Uh, then you know it's gonna drop on Disney Plus, and um, it's gonna drop on Disney Plus on um, on August twelfth, I believe. Is that is that is that when it's dropping? Hold on, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Disney Plus. Let's see. Let's see. We'll, we'll go. Let's let's see. Let's see. Uh, uh, August second. 
August 2nd. So on August 2nd, if you guys want to, I know I'll be watching, I'll be having my Guardians of the Galaxy movie marathon as soon as it drops on. I mean, I guess I could do it now, but I want to, I want to, I want to wait till it drops on Disney Plus. That way I can just, uh, go to the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, collection and watch it there. So yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys uh, found this uh, a fun episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, there's going to be a brand new episode of the Zeke Setso Show later this weekend. It will go up Saturday. I'm going to try and get it up on Saturday by 8 p.m. If I can't get it up Saturday, then it will probably go up Sunday like it did this past, uh, this past um, weekend. But that will do it for this uh That'll do it for this episode, guys, of the Web Stringers Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you guys want to follow me, you guys can follow me on... Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Zeke Said So, on Instagram, uh, Instagram, YouTube, and threads uh, at Zeke Said So Pictures. And you guys can also catch me on the new... on a, on a podcast... Uh, called Down to Hang Out uh, FM. Um, I'll I'll put a link to their channel down below. Um, there are a bunch of really cool guys who allowed who are allowing me to be on the um, on the show with them. Uh, talk about all things movies, pop culture, all that cool stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, hopefully you guys will go and check that out. Um, in fact, I in fact there uh, I the most recent video they put up is their Indiana Jones review and I'm actually in that review um so hopefully you guys will go and check it out uh thank you guys so much for listening if you like this episode please make sure you share it and subscribe I think I should subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the Geek said so and don't forget guys with great power comes great responsibility run fast for your mother run fast